This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by the Chief Medical Officer of 3M, HIS, Dr. Sandeep Wadwa. Uh, Dr. Wadwa is a brilliant leader. We're going to talk today about a new measurement system that 3M has introduced related to outpatient procedures and really post-outpatient procedures. Uh, brilliant addition to the safety landscape. As we get started, Dr. Wadwa, we're going to talk about ambulatory potentially preventable complications. Can you take a moment before we get started, to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about uh, about this and about your career. Oh, um, sure, uh, uh, Scott. It's a, it's a pleasure to join you and your audience this morning. Delighted to, to talk about this topic. Uh, my my quality journey started um, one summer ago, thirty five years. I had the chance to work with the Department of Epidemiology at Case Western, uh, and 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 learned and fell in love with the science of, of population health, Scott. And, and it's ever since then, it, it, I've just been kind of sticking on a narrow path of, of how do we make um, healthcare safer? Uh, how do we apply what we know um, to making lives better? And, and so I've had a, a bunch of different positions. Um, I served as the state Medicaid director for the state of Colorado for a, a, a governor, several governors ago, Scott, these these governors keep changing, uh, but um, we move on. So, um, and I still continue to see patients over at the University of Colorado, where I, I volunteer at the geriatrics department. So, so what a what a wonderful situation! I know you've grown to love Colorado. Talk about ambulatory potentially preventable complications. A, a better measurement system, or a measurement system for what happens after outpatient surgery, after ambulatory visits. I know U.S. News and World Report is looking at this. I mean, a fascinating addition to the landscape. Tell us more about the announcement and tell us a little bit more about how you started working yourself in healthcare quality. I mean, you mentioned Case Western. Talk a little bit further about how you started in healthcare quality and about this announcement about ambulatory potentially preventable complications. Sure. I, I, I started, um, I started in, in, in infant mortality and, and looking at death certificates, and then going to look at the medical records and um, put together a story. What, what, was, what were the trends and, and what, um, what can we do? And, and that, Scott, that, that experience um, really was insightful for me and, and, and just um, have kind of continued on a journey of, of what does the data show us? What is the best evidence, and, and how do we make a difference? Um, so, so just to, on this particular topic of ambulatory surgery, we we at 3M have been very interested in patient safety and and developing quality measurement systems, and and had built one for inpatient complications. Uh, and we we've been realizing that the the volume is moving outpatient. So, Dr. Wadwell, you've had this fascinating journey starting with infant mortality in, in the quality area. 3M's been measuring things on the inpatient side for a long time. Yes. And, and talk a little bit about how did 3M, I mean, you talked about the transition, the movement to outpatients. How did 3M start to sort of move and develop this platform in, in this new methodology on the outpatient side? What, what sort of led 3M to develop this? So, Scott, the... The, the impetus was manifold, but but we were very aware of the trend for more and more complex procedures to be going to an outpatient setting. And, and you have more complex procedures going to an outpatient setting. And there's also been an explosion of volume. Uh, just we are um, 
we, we are, you know, slowly debetting the country. It's been about a 2% reduction in inpatient stays and care is moving to the outpatient setting. So we've been very interested in looking at, at procedural safety. It, it, the complexity, Scott, is um, it's same day procedures. So people leave and what happens? Uh, and so that, that has been our, our, our work for the past few years is to try and link the, the, what occurs after you leave um, this, the outpatient um, procedure suite and, or an ambulatory surgical center and, and trying to, to sweep up uh, claims or clinical data if you end up in an emergency room, end up in an office visit and get treated for a complication or end up as an inpatient. So we've developed logic that looks back to that, that, that incident procedure and have developed a system to look at at, at related um, or potentially related complications from that initial procedure. So uh, Dr. Wadwell, 3M has been doing this for a long time in the inpatient side. So much of the care has moved to the outpatient side. Uh, this is more consumer facing and, and really needed by yes. consumers to better judge and, and to help systems improve as well. Talk about how the system works. And also, as I understand it, the system We'll look at events after a procedure is complete. Tell us about how this works and in, in, in the timing and how this what this looks like. Great, Scott. Yes, and, and to, to build on your your point, um, the the announcement with U.S. News really, I think, is a a signal to consumers around uh, safety at these events. But I also think, Scott, that the system will be very powerful for providers. And for payers too, that that providers will will have a sense of, of relative performance to their peers, have have a sense of within their systems between different sites, their ambulatory surgical sites, uh, hospital outpatient, even inpatient about what what settings they're seeing higher or lower expected complications. And I think for payers, Scott, that this is part of the stewardship. Right? That if it when when we sign up for health insurance. Uh, we, we look for our health insurer to, to kind of promote our health most efficiently. And so I, I anticipate we'll see, um, see use in this system across those three different um, users. And, and, and Scott, I, the, you made a, a, just such an important point that, that we're really interested in this system at what happens after the day of your procedure. And, and and to start to look at that as a linked event. And, and as you're recovering um, from the procedure, um, are, are there higher than expected rates or better than expected rates of recovery and functioning and any kind of complication? So we're looking at that 30 day window after your procedure as a, as a, as a, as a, as a window, as an episode almost of, of performance. And how much of this ties specifically to the facility, let's say the surgery center or the practice office or the hospital versus the physician? Mm -hmm. And how much is related to the facility doing the right follow-up things, right follow-up communications, make sure he follows their protocols, does the right things versus how well the physician did the procedure and the team did the procedure. How do these things tie together? Um, Scott, this is... um... All of the points you're raising are, are, are were within scope of, of how we designed the system. That that uh, w- procedures used to be done in inpatient settings. Now they're being done in 
hospital outpatient, now ambulatory surgical centers, and now in the office. And so we want to have a way to, to look at outcomes across those different settings and to have a common framework around um, how we describe these procedures across those different four settings. And then to your, your next point is what are we finding when we, when we see higher than expected rates or better than expected rates, what do we learn? How much of this is, is from the, the facility factors versus follow-up factors versus patient factors? Scott, this is the discovery. This is where we are in the early stages of, of using the tool for performance improvement, but you're, you're laying out the pathways that we expect folks to start to re respond to. And, and it, it just, Quickly, we're seeing kind of these complications that occur within seven days versus, uh, you know, eight, eight to 30 days may, may start to lean more towards um, follow-up factors versus uh, on the day of factors. But, but we think um, all of this is important for kind of um, success and, and safety and, and health in this setting. Oh, and, it, and it makes a ton of sense. Could we, you, and you started to mention some concepts there. You know, the early stages versus a little bit later. It, the, the more the systems get better on their systems, they reduce variability. The more clear we get about what impacts that, that outcome and complications post the day of surgery, post the day of procedure. So far, Dr. Wadwa, any early findings to share on what you're seeing and what you're seeing from the data and, and what you're seeing from systems start to test this? Yeah, no, um, Scott, we, we were, we, we're following up and, and um, looking at, at some event rates after uh, US News and shared their, their focus. And so it, it was of interest to us when we were looking at, at some urologic procedures, uh, when, when it, 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 whether it's kidney stones or, or prostates, that uh, when we looked at, at a kind of um, male urologic procedures, they had about a 6% um, follow-up rate in terms of, of, of a 6% emergency room or inpatient stay within 30 days. And, and as we worked up that track, um, we, we were getting um, up to, to 8 or even 13%. Um, this is national Medicare data that about 13% of, of people who have um, a percutaneous GU procedure um, end up um, back in the ED or as an inpatient. Now, in what, Scott, just as important as that higher rate is the variation. And so we're seeing slight variation. I think this is where you're going, is that, that we're establishing a mean performance and, and we're seeing that some institutions and facilities are consistently lower and some are consistently higher. And so far, analysis has been a little bit more facility-based, Scott. And so um, we will, we'll, we'll, we'll start to work with folks to look more at provider groups, but, but just a quick reactions to your question. But, but it's absolutely fascinating because the more you start to get clarity about here's what the median, here's what the mean is, here's how on average people have complications from this procedure, that procedure, then you can start to judge against that. You can start to manage against that, try and get better than that. And so you start to figure out, are people doing better with minimally invasive? Is there less complications than, than open surgery, et cetera, et cetera, and start to really understand you know, what drives more complications? Is it, is it how well they're discharged? Is it how well the procedure's done? Is it minimally invasive versus not? Is it, the, is it the health of the patient? Is it you're dealing with a more sick patient population? Should we have more complications? But a number of different things. So talk for a moment about patients, providers, and payers. Yes. Why do they care about this data? Why is this so important? Sure, Scott. I think, 
I think for patients, this is this will be a lens to safety, and that that so much of of of, of evaluating uh, or thinking about having a procedure is it kind of follows from the the do no harm maxim, and and and, and some of these um, events are 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 not avoidable. But I think to your point, if if there's a if there's a pattern, if there's a pattern of of, of lower than expected or higher than expected, I think patients will find that very interesting. And, and I, I, Scott, there, there's such a, a robust improvement for inpatient procedures. I, I remember as a medical student, uh, these morbidity and mortality conferences were, were just, every doctor's familiar with, with what we do on inpatient um, quality and safety. And so I, I think this is a tool that starts to bring that conversation to the outpatient procedural setting. And, and we, we can then apply just the tools you were talking about, about quality improvement. And, and I think with payers, it, you, you sort of touched on it, Scott. There's, there's a lot of different um, options for payers to, to um, have in network and to start to look at, at Performance uh, by different sites and and different levels of of um, of care intensity. So I, I think this system will will um, is it appears to be starting with with the patient focus, but I think it'll it'll grow in in interest to uh, providers and payers. And Dr. Wadwell, I assume from your work as chief medical officer, you see across the spectrum uh, lots of variation at hospitals and health systems in terms of outcomes or complications and so forth. And your point is, by measuring it as a nation, by measuring it so fully, in general, we've moved those things in the right direction, though, though the nation still struggles in certain areas. On the outpatient side, it's not really been measured that much. And so yeah. you must have significant variation. Like you could have yes. a surgery center run by a great group of doctors, a great team, a great administrator. You could have another one run by a group that's not as focused on quality and complications. And, 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 and so you really do have some, some real variations out there, just like you have in hospitals and houses, you have different variation from going to one local community hospital versus another, you know, in terms of how well they manage, how closely they manage complications, everything else, discharge, how careful they are, how attentive they are, how well staffed they are, all those things lead to variations. Talk for an example, like do this measurement system. We, yep. we all know there's differences in, in patient safety, the, the yes. patient that comes in and, and how you know, high risk that patient is, which will lead to different results. But, right. but you could measure a little bit against that. You could try and analyze against that. They're dealing with a much sicker patient population. So we're gonna have more complications. But, right. but what are some of the limitations here? What, what do you see as some of the limitations as you start to measure this? No, Scott, so much to unpack in, 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 in your comments. Just um, um, very quickly, a couple of few thoughts about one is that that age matters and that that we we expect them um, um, and the system kind of allows that that um, um, that that higher event rates occur um, as as folks age. And so we've, we've done some risk adjustment to account for age. I, I think in terms of limitations, Scott, there's um, uh, from within a, a hospital outpatient system tends to have decent access to the follow-up information. The care tends to occur uh, back in their ER or, or in, a, in an office that, that shares a medical record with the procedure or with, um, with um, their inpatient facility. So, so we are, are expecting more data completeness 
out of the hospital outpatients. And, and we think with the ambulatory surgical centers, it'll, the, the payers may need to get involved or we'll, we'll that, that's the piece I'm, I'm eager on is, is um, rounding out the picture for ASCs. I think where we're starting um, with, with hospital outpatients will give us a pretty decent view. Um, and then, you know, the payers tend to have a very nice view, Scott, but, but it tends to be dated. And, and so, um, uh, uh, so I, I think yeah. those are limitations. And then Scott, the other limitation is, is, um, you know, we're, 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 we're really eager to get feedback from physicians and health systems on, on our, our logic. We want to make this very transparent so that it's actionable, but, um, you know, there, there will be blind spots, Scott, um, uh, um, and, and so we're, we're kind of looking forward to getting um, getting um, the feedback from from users. No, it must be fascinating, particularly when you start to roll out this kind of program, sort of looking at, as you mentioned, in the data, health systems generally have thousands of employees, you know, hundreds of thousands, thousands of employees are, are better staffed to get that data out. It's easier. Service centers often have 20 to 100 employees. They're, you know, in many cases, large practice offices for all practical purposes, though they are separate surgery centers, but they're mm-hmm. staffed more like a large practice than a huge health system. So have a harder time sometimes having the resources to get data in the right way and so forth. And then you, you always look at these new measurement systems and think about who's who will be thrilled by it. So somebody yeah. who knows their quality is good. You could have a device company who's thrilled at their minimally invasive surgery that says, this is another argument for using our minimally invasive robots or whatever it might be. You could have a system that knows they're really, really aggressive in running this. But then whose ox will be gored? Like you could have a facility that that knows they're not as systematic about discharges. They know they're dealing with a more difficult population and might not want to be a part of this. How do you sort of look at some of those issues of like, you know, you must have people that don't want yeah. to be a part of any measurement system because they're concerned what it will show and others that are thrilled to because they, they know it will show them well. How do, you, how do you look at those issues? Well, Scott, two things. One is most of the folks we've been talking to, um, it, it, you know, think that they're better than average. And so, you know, I, 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 I and then I think, you know, and, 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 you know, this is the Lake Wobegon effect. And so we see that. And, and so it, 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 and then I think you folks dive in and then they, they, they'll start to see where, you know, where that matches up. And, you know, we, we, you know, maybe we're not A's up and down the line and, you know, our, you know, we love our children, but, you know, they, they, they may have some limitations. So, so I, I think my, my sense is that, that um, th- there's this tendency in healthcare to kind of, you know, lean into, I'm, I'm very good at what I do. And, and then the data talks. The other thing I'd say, Scott, that you raised another point, which was around complexity. So, so our system is, is taking into account um, the, 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 the higher complication rates don't, uh, if those are kind of class effects, we, we don't want to, to, um, to, um, to make that look like an outlier, we we use indirect rate standardization techniques so that that um, uh, complexity or simplicity doesn't give you an advantage. But what happens against uh, expected uh, is kind of our our what we're able to do here, Scott. So I, I, I uh, again, I think these are always the early days when when yes, but fascinating, Doctor. Well, well, I'm going to ask you a follow-up question, and I need 30 yes. seconds in this, and this is important to explain to our younger production team. You use the reference that I, of course, know well, Lake Wobegon and Garrison Keeler. 
Can you spend 30 to 45 seconds explaining to our younger production team and whoever's listening to this, this podcast, this discussion, Lake Wobegon, Wobegon and uh, Garrison Keeler. So Scott, it, it, it's so funny. I haven't had to think about that in, in 30 years and you're, you're dating me, Scott, that uh, it's just woven into my, my, um, my, my memory here, but you may, I may co-create this with you, Scott, you may remember it, but, but every, everyone in Lake Wobegon is, is, um, What's the expression, Scott? They're all better than average. Yeah, everybody's above average. Everybody views themselves above average. But but the measurement concept that we talk about, and Gary Sakila is a famous author that, and I think now passed away, but a famous Minnesota author yes. and, and a brilliant, brilliant reference. But the measurement system, now I know, I don't want to be measured when my weight is up, when I'm eating too badly. I don't want to go on the scale. So it'll be interesting to see who wants to use the data well and who doesn't, because every system thinks they're above average, but maybe they can learn something from it too. Scott, no, to your point, this is where I, I, I think organizations like U.S. News or, or, or other organizations that, that look at, at all-payer claims databases, there's, some of this is, 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 is becomes part of public reporting or third-party quality reporting. And, and so there's, there's kind of a, it just gets out there, Scott, and then, and then the market has to react. And, and so I, some of this kind of, um, and, and, and there's a long history in the U.S. of, of, of this journey. So some of it will be um, self-directed, but, but I, I suspect where, where some quality rankers are public, uh, it's coming, Scott. So, so they'll, they'll, they'll start to see it and then have, you know, um, look at, at, at um, how they're then react to it. And, and your job at 3M is to make sure that it's as, as good as possible, as great as possible. So it really is meaningful. Yeah. And of course, like anything, it will get better and better as you do it longer and longer. But it's a magnificent addition to the landscape. Obviously, on the safety and quality side of the hospital inpatient side, it's been a huge positive for safety and quality in our nation. And the hope is that we move this forward in the same way. And then you've got this always this awkward situation where some people don't want to be measured. Or they don't want to yeah. be measured in the way that an objective party measures them, or, or they, they argue with this or they argue with that. But, but a fascinating. So tell us, Dr. Wadwell, what comes next? Where do we go from yeah. here in terms of this? And, and, and the hope is that someone like U.S. News picks us up, because that's, that's we view U.S. News at Becker's Healthcare as sort of the gold standard of ranking hospitals. We view that as the gold standard for deciding you know, who's really an A-list hospital or not. There's all these other studies, all these other data. Some you pay for, some you don't. But U.S. News we view as the, as the best source. But having them pick it up, have other picked it up, look at this. What comes next here? So, so Scott, I, I, I think my, my expectation is, is just as you're outlining that as the word gets out about U.S. News, and they're, 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 they're potentially using the system, but I, I think it invites that conversation for those systems that, that will will lean into how they're doing um, and, and will we'll want to, to kind of start to examine their outpatient safety. I also think, Scott, that, that payers, you know, they pay the bills. And so I, I think they'll be very interested, Scott, in, in, in looking at, at who, is, in having another way to evaluate um, these procedures, not just from a price point of view, but from an, a, a safety point of view, Scott. And right now, so much of these decisions are, are, are maybe price and reputation, but to have a, a safety lens, I think uh, as part of their stewardship, we'll, we'll also start to see um, payers look at, at these types of systems. Well, and, and from a payer perspective, from a Medicare perspective, which of course is the Medicare, Medicare, the two largest payers to go with the huge commercial payers, 
there's a huge financial upside in limiting complications. So, so if you go from 13% to 9% right. on, a, on a complication of urology procedure, it doesn't matter if somebody charged you $100 more or $200 more for that procedure. If you have a higher complication rate or right. a lower complication rate, that has much bigger dollars at stake than the specific dollar amount of the procedure within reason, within reason. So if you could actually use it to guide things towards or guide the whole system towards lower complications, that actually yes. can lead to a ton of savings. And Scott, we, we've lived this on the inpatient side with, with never events and, and uh, hospital adverse, uh, you know, conditions and, and there, right, there was extra costs associated with, with treating potentially preventable complications and, and, and prices got adjusted. But Scott, you're, you're, it's one of the things that we're, we like about this system in that it's a 30 day window. And, and so you can measure those costs in 30 days. It, it, and, and those right now, those costs of complications are, are, um, are, are borne by, by payers, by society. And, and, um, they're, they're, I, exactly to your point, they, they may become opportunities for not just patient safety, but, but, but more efficient care. Scott, just, it's a, we just haven't had this journey yet for outpatient procedures. We have, we, we, we've done this for inpatient stays. And, and I think now there's this opportunity to, to um, build a quality uh, and excess cost um, system here for outpatient procedures too. Well, and your point on the 30-day window, quite frankly, is brilliant because you get closer and closer to cause and correlation versus somebody gets out 60, 90, 100 days, who, who knows what caused the complication? Could be, it becomes less directly related to what happened at the health system or the facility or the surgery center or whatever it might be. Dr. Wild, what fascinating. Scott, just, I, we spent a lot of logic on, on sorting out what happens in those 30 days. Some, if, if you see a complication too quickly, that you may have come into the procedure with that. So, so we, we don't want to punish things that are too quick. And then also there, if there's intervening care, um, there's other episodes, we really try to look at that 30 day window and have it plausibly related back to the complication. So the, the, the logic and the rules allow us to take that longer view and, and, and kind of exactly to your point, it, it, too much further and you start to to lose the signal um and too short and and um you may miss a lot well but the, but the point is well taken i mean let's say you, you have the 13 10 percent 13 percent of the urological procedures of complications and right. but it's it's not so much that it'll measure everything exactly perfectly that it, it'll measure it well but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's tied to the to the procedure but on average if you start to see sort of this this big variation where somebody's at 19 percent somebody's at 10%, you, right. you know, if you have a family member, you'd rather have them go to the 10% place than the 19% place, even though it might yes. not be perfectly correlated. But as this data becomes clear over time, and you see the patterns and they're consistent, you, yes. you get a much better clarity of, of, of where feels like a safer place to be. Scott, that, that you're, you're, you're saying it um, um, exactly the way we're thinking about it, that, that um, um, zero is... is these are all, these all have risks, but, but when, when you start to see patterns that are, are much below or much higher, um, those are, are worth understanding. And then we, we will definitely move the system towards less risk through these interventions. So we, we narrow the curve and we shift the curve.
but, but your this point is, is back well to taken. the epidemiology stuff. I, I'm, uh, yeah. But, but your point is really well taken. It's sort of like, we'll start to learn what's driving it. Are they doing a better job of coaching their patients on the outcome? Are they doing a better job of, of the surgery itself? Are, are they using different types of equipment? Whatever it might be, you'll start right. to figure out if somebody's at 90% regularly versus 7% regularly, you'll try and figure out what are the things that 7% place is doing because that's more what we want to m- mimic and model. Right. Are they, are they, what, what are, are the protocols in place for deep vein thrombosis, for infection control? Scott, um, we, we, during the height of COVID, uh, the, the, the degrees to which, um, you know, uh, we were maintaining sterility, uh, you know, were extraordinary. Is that beginning to slip? You know, we'll see. We'll let the data, data uh, speak for itself. Dr. Wadwa, again, we're with Dr. Sandeep Wadwa today, Chief Medical Officer at 3M HIS, just a brilliant leader, brilliant sort of safety and quality background forever from back in the day at Case Western to to now Colorado. Uh, Phenomenal chance to visit with you today. And thank you for sharing with us. What a fascinating movement forward and safety quality journey in our country. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today, Dr. Wadwa. Uh, Scott, it's been a pleasure. Uh, look forward to um, to uh, further conversations.